This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Tarzan and the killer. The city of Luanda, south of the equator, deep in Africa, boasts of no Yankee Stadium or Madison Square Garden. But wherever men gather, they will pay to see other men fight. The low, rambling wooden building was jammed with its motley crowd, and great arc lights added to the almost intolerable heat as two sweat-soaked men in the center of a crude ring swung savagely at each other. One was a shining black with rippling muscles. The other, a white giant who was more than seven feet tall and weighed over 300 pounds. His eyes were red-rimmed, and a great scar in his forehead shone red with fury. Over your shoulders. Who are you? Name's Herbert Graves. I'm your friend, you know. Ah, they won't let me fight here, I guess. Them and their rules. You've had a spot of trouble before? All over. If they let me fight my way, I could be the world's champion. I'd be famous. I'd be rich. I'll make you rich, mighty. <laughs> so you don't like to fight under the marquee of Queensbury rules, I chum? I start out all right. But then I get hit and I go crazy. I want to kill the other guy. You know something, killer? I think you and me's going to be real good friends. You want to kill him? I know a bloke by the name of Tarzan who needs killing real bad. And while you're going to fight him, there won't be no bloody rules and no referee. You can do whatever you like. I can? That you can. Killer. And 
so was formed the unholy alliance that soon terrorized the countryside about Luanda. Under the tutelage of Herbert Graves, the savage killer adopted the methods of the London footpads. And soon, stories of robberies and savage beatings were being told everywhere. But they did not reach Tarzan. He had been in Luanda only a few days before. But now he was back in his seacoast cabin. He was resting and amusing himself with a parrot he had recently acquired. <laughs> oh, I'm going to give you one more chance, Juanita. Either you learn how to talk or I make stew out of you. Just uh-huh. <laughs> All right, try saying your name. Juanita. Juanita. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, then... Uh, well, uh, uh, try to say my name. Tarzan. Tarzan. Tarzan? Good boy. <laughs> you just saved yourself from the kettle. <laughs> Knock. And the scent of a tamangani, a white man. I was so preoccupied with you that I. Who knocks at Tarzan's door? Captain Lawrence of the governmental police. Captain Lawrence, come in. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you, Tarzan. Meet the rest of my family. Captain Lawrence, this is Juanita. Uh? <laughs> He's really very talented. Juanita, say uh, Captain Lawrence. Captain Lawrence. Come on, try it. He might arrest you if you won't say his name. Come on, Lawrence. Uh? Hmm, very talented. <laughs> well, he's pretty young yet. He's he's mastered my name. Say Tarzan. Tarzan? <laughs> oh, you must admit, that's pretty good for a baby. You see, I had another parrot, one I named Bill, but Bill turned out to be a female, so I chose one of her sons. But you call the bird Juanita. Uh, not Juanita, the Spanish name. His name is Wa, W-A, Nita, N-E-E-T-A. In the language of the apes, wa means green, and nita means bird. The language of the apes as well as the language of the natives and the French and English. You're amazing, Tarzan. I Oh, I really think... I've always had a great deal of respect for your mental accomplishments as well as your physical ones. What are you getting at, Captain Lawrence? Now, you know, you didn't travel all this distance to make a flattering speech to me. No, Tarzan, I didn't. I say these things because I've been saying them to myself all the way here. How can a man like Tarzan be responsible for savage beatings, robberies, and other despicable crimes? What? Tarzan, I've come here to arrest you and to take you back to Ibadan for trial. We shall return to our exciting story of Tarzan in just a moment. largest Negro city of Africa, and yet there were few people on its sweltering streets as Captain Lawrence led Tarzan through the opening in the mud walls that enclosed the city, past the low thatched huts of the natives, past the mosques and the orishas, the idol houses, and into one of the few European-style buildings. Although the officer who had brought Tarzan from the jungle was British, the man he soon faced was a native, the Alafin of the province of Oyo, a man whose sworn duty it was to combine the orthodox law of England and the traditional justice of the dark continent. Step forward, Tarzan. Here, I'll hold Juanita. Your Honor, Captain Lawrence has told me that I am charged with a variety of serious crimes, yet he has furnished no details. Before we go further, I demand to know the particulars. Your words are brave for a prisoner. I do not consider myself a prisoner. I came willingly, and I've been unwilling to face your court. A dozen Lawrences could not have brought me from my jungle. That I can believe. 
Even a brave soldier like Captain Lawrence would be as nothing against a giant who can twist the iron bars that protect the government supply depot. I am supposed to have done that. Strangled three men and robbed them of their purses. I'm accused of that, too. Desecrated a native temple and stolen the golden sacramental vessels, overpowering six native guards and leaving them beaten beyond recognition. What makes you think I am the guilty one? The description tallies. I have more than a score of affidavits in which both natives and Europeans describe the powerful seven-foot man who was responsible for the foul deeds I enumerated. I do not stand seven feet in height. One must allow for exaggeration. Am I the only man in Africa who is tall and powerful? All of these acts were committed near Luanda. Do you deny that you have been there lately? No, I admit it. I escorted a woman there. So I heard. A woman who was wanted by the police of a dozen countries. Is that not so? I was exonerated. You will not extricate yourself from these charges so easily. Not when you have had the temerity to brag of your feats of strength in a local cafe. I suppose as I bragged of my exploits, I announced my name. Your name was wrung from the lips of your accomplice. He admitted you were Tarzan. I My accomplice. I suppose you refer to Juanita here. I refer to the Cockney who is reputedly your constant companion. The evidence is damning, Tarzan. You will have a fair trial. But in the meantime, you will be remanded to a cell. A cell? And I should not attempt escape. You will be guarded by a troop of trained riflemen who have been instructed to shoot before you draw close enough to use the powerful hands with which you have mangled your other victims. And while Tarzan languished in his cell in Ibadan, Herbert Graves and the seven-foot giant who had been barred from every prize ring in the world hid out in a small shack on the outskirts of Luanda. I don't like this place. It gives me the creeps. Well, now, talk it easy, Colonel. We've got to lay off for a month. Why? Because Tarzan's been arrested. As long as he's behind bars in Ibadan, they can't blame him for what we do here. I don't like what we're doing anyway. What's it got us? Coffee and cake money. Now, we'll have a slew of money before we're finished. More than you would have made as well as champagne. And I'll be walking down Park Lane in a frock coat and a pair of them striped trousers. We'll be rich, all right. When? As soon as Tarzan's dead. See, a chum of mine discovered oil in that jungle. There's enough there to float the king's navy. Well, we had a misunderstanding with his bloke Tarzan, and he kicked us out of the jungle. With him out of the way, we can move back in. Well, let's kill him. Let's go to this, this, whatever you said the name of the place was, where he's in jail. Ipidon. And it's crawling with coppers. No, my friend, we'll wait a while and see what happens. If Tarzan gets out of that clink, we'll kill somebody here and blame it on him. What good will that do? Well, they'll post a reward for him, they will, and then when you and him meet up, you can go ahead and kill him without worry. The government will pat you on the back. They'll finance our little expedition into the jungle. If we don't go after Tarzan, how we find him? <laughs> You'll find us, he will. You can bet your life he'll be looking for us. That's the way I planned it, I did. <laughs> But, Captain Lawrence, if you believed these things they say, you would not have come to my cell to visit me and try and encourage me. I came so that I might warn you. The people of the city are milling about the jail, threatening to tear down the gates and deal with you themselves. Oh, without the benefit of a trial? Exactly. And that's something I take a dim view of, both as an officer and a citizen. Of course, you might drop the key to my cell on your way out. It would do you little good. You would find yourself facing that angry mob, which aches to avenge the brutality they think you guilty of. And the riflemen? They're out front, too. I've ordered them to guard you. Should the mob break through, I question exactly where their loyalties lie. 
Then what can I do? No one guards the rear of the prison. And the bars at your window are no heavier than those which guarded the government depot. And you do think I was the one who broke in there? You do think me guilty of all the other crimes? I don't know what to believe. But I know I'm against lynching. If I could gain my freedom, I might be able to find the real criminal. Thank you, Captain Lawrence. Not at all. I must clear my name. With these bars. Doesn't look like much of a jump. Well, Juanita. close to Tarzan's head, but fate had ordained that none should strike him. With Juanita, the parrot clutching at his shoulder, Tarzan crashed into the jungle and turned his fleet footsteps toward the city of Luanda. Now the mute testimony of the twisted bars of his cell added evidence against the lord of the jungle. All of Africa was warned to watch out for him. The news reached Luanda, and the next day, Tarzan was a hunted man. Now's our chance to start, Mikey. Where are we going? There's an old chief out this way. Sort of a stranger lives apart from his tribe. Gets an allowance from the government, he does. Uh, I ain't interested in getting some old guy's money. You promised this me This is your chance to kill, mighty. This is the murder we blame on Tarzan. Uh, this must be his cabin. John Paul's white man? We're looking for an old chief supposed to live here. Old chief very sick. Can't speak to no one. He'll speak to us, he will. Come on. Tarzan? Huh? Oh, yeah, sure. Get out of the way, you. There he is. Hello, Chief. He not talk for many moons. He old man who is dying. Well, we won't be doing you much harm, will we? Tarzan. Who's the girl? What about her? Yeah. Who are you, Ducky? Me, Barwani, granddaughter of Chief. Come from village to care for grandfather. Well, ain't that nice. At least you can tell her folks what happened to the Chief's money. And they am. Shall I go ahead? Yes, Tarzan. Go ahead. No, please, please, Captain Lawrence, I strongly suspect you know more about Tarzan's escape than you are willing to admit. I, I don't know a thing. I was with my men. We will not discuss the matter further, Captain Lawrence. But you may rest assured that I hold you personally responsible for recapturing him. I'll look for him, but I still think it's all a big mistake. He couldn't be guilty of the crimes he was accused of. That was for a court to decide. But now those charges are of little importance. Those charges? Word of his further activities has just been received from Rwanda. And as a result, I have issued orders to have him captured, dead or alive. Tarzan is wanted for murder. <laughs> We'll be back with the exciting conclusion of Tarzan and the Killer in just a moment. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, huh? 
Ставь лук, Wowzers! With crits starting as large as 1199 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. After mile of tense jungle was left behind as Tarzan sped toward the city of Luanda. Now the forest was alive with the scent of man, for everywhere patrols searched for the one they believed guilty of murder. Tarzan was unaware of this latest charge. Still, it was his habit to avoid contact with humans as much as possible. So he kept from the paths and clearings until suddenly he caught the scent of man and of hungry panther, coming from the same direction. Oh! Oh! One for your life! A tree! for a tree! I don't think I can. Watch out! He's charging! You have the chance. This is incredible. The ah. panther's trying to escape now. Hey! Don't escape! Ah. Ah. Oh, a small hunting knife. I never would have believed it. Ah. Why did you do that? It is the way of Tarzan. Your Tarzan? Yes. And who are you? Why do you come into the jungle unarmed? I had a gun. I dropped it in my flight from the panther. Oh, here it is. On the ground. There you are. I'd uh, keep that close if I were you. I'll say I will. Hands up. What? Don't try to move or I'll send a bullet right through your heart. I don't understand your actions. I'm part of a patrol out looking for you, Tarzan. I got separated from the others, but they'll be along soon. We don't hold much traffic with murderers. Murderers? Oh, don't try to deny killing that old chief near Luanda. His granddaughter put the finger on you, all right. I have seen no native chief in many moons, nor have I seen the granddaughter of any chief. The man who committed the crime must have been the same one who committed the others. You'll get a fair trial, I guess, and I'll get a reward. And my reward for saving your life is to be taken back to Ibadan without having a chance to find the real murderer. Well, you did save my life, but we're under orders. Would you rather follow your orders or your heart? I don't follow you. Did your heart identify the man who saved your life as one who would kill wantonly? No. Well, then give me a chance. You can stay with me. You can keep your thunder stick aimed at my back, but give me a chance to clear my name. Okay. It's a bargain. Only I hope I won't be sorry for this later on. Now, 
Tarzan's pace was slower, for he had agreed to stay within rifle shot of the man whose life he had saved and who had spared him. The man was an ever-present shadow as Tarzan, with Juanita still perching on his shoulder, entered a small clearing. Well, Juanita, it looks as though we're not the most popular citizens of the jungle. Hi, uh, Sam. <laughs> I wouldn't mention that name if people find out you're a friend of mine. Uh, anyway, we're getting closer to my double. Here's the hut of the old man he killed. Is anyone inside? Watu Nadani? Nadani, Nadani. Jumbo. Jumbo Buana. You are Barwani, whose grandfather was killed by a thief? Nadigo. Do you know who I am, Barwani? Sigo. I am Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. But all that man, and who killed grandfather? Did you see him? Lilimona? Lilimona? You saw him? Well, do you think I am the same man? Matu? Nene Refu. Taller and fatter than I am, huh? I shall need you for a witness, Barwani, for I shall find this man if it's the last thing I do. Anakwendawapi? Majibawana. And I shall go to the village also. And for his own sake, he'd better be as big and as strong as his reputation. The native village of Yomboya, not far distant from Rwanda, was in a state of terror. For days now, the great giant who masqueraded as Tarzan had held the city in virtual hostage. Those who had attempted to deny him anything or to cross him on the slightest whim had been savagely beaten. And in all of this, he was encouraged by the unscrupulous Herbert Graves. Well, Governor, what's wrong with the four-iron drinks? The natives have all bought. If they don't wait on me, I'll kill them. <laughs> there ain't one of them I couldn't kill with one hand. Well, soon you'll have an opponent worthy of you, Matthew. Tarzan ought to be along any I can kill him, too. I know you can, son. And once he's dead, I can move back into that jungle where there's all that oil I told you about. We'll be rich. I ain't interested in money. You killed a slew of men to get it, you have. Well, that was because you told me to. I do what you say. I like you. And God likes you, killer. It's you who's going to kill Tarzan for me. It's you who's going to fill me pockets with hundred-pound notes. I'll be so rich, I'll throw the ten-pound notes into the gutter. Hey. You got awful quiet all of a sudden. Huh? Well, it did, Governor. Yeah. Now, I guess the British must have turned in for the night. Hi, Val? Quiet, Juanita. Those must be the men inside. I think I recognize an old enemy and a new one. I would not go inside, Tarzan. Captain Lawrence. In this squalid village, I... I couldn't catch your scent. I've been following you ever since you escaped from prison. There's a reward out for you. Yes, yeah, so I hear. And now you want to collect it, huh? No. I followed you to keep you from digging yourself in deeper. And those men inside... I am confident that the huge one is the one who has used my name. The other is a man who once invaded my jungle. He mistreated the natives and schemed to take my life. He must be behind all this. Doesn't... In following you, I stumbled across definite evidence that proves you were right in your contentions. When I return to Ibadan, I will clear your name. Thank you. And you needn't worry about the man whose life you saved and who has permitted you to come this far. I shall not report him. Once again, I thank you. I can do little if you take matters in your own hands. You have a troop of soldiers with you? No. Then hold Juanita for me. Yes. I refuse to let anyone else risk a life to clear me. I shall go inside and capture the man who has used my name. When we return to Ibadan, he shall be our most potent evidence. No, Tarzan, I beg of you. He towers over you and... 
Good evening, gentlemen. It's him. I see that you ignored the good advice I once gave you, Herbert Graves. A spy out of Africa? <laughs> You're not giving any orders to Herbert Graves. Not when he has a friend like the killer here. The killer? That is the name of which he is proud? What's wrong with my name? Nothing. I hear it fits you well. He's insulting you, killer. Let him have it. He ain't as big as me, not as tall, and not as heavy. I can kill him. Sure you can. Have at him. Only watch out for his knife. I don't need a knife against any man. You need more than a knife before I get through with you. Kill the blighter. Hit me, will you? Keep his knife. Get out. Give me that. Now. Killer's red-rimmed eyes gleam with maniacal fury. The knife in his hand flashed down and then spun from his grasp. His sinewy hand touched the tree. The man went down, the great weight of the giant on top of Carson. But Carson slithered away, and the killer, nimble for all his bulk, sprang to his feet. The furniture was smashed against the walls of the tiny native cafe. The men struggled furiously. Natives spewed from every hut in the village, joining the two white men who watched the savage struggle from outside the cafe. No, Captain Lawrence, don't shoot. Never to be sure of getting the right one. Ah, Tarzan bleeding. Other one too, both bleeding bad. They're working their way out of the door. They both seem to be blinded by the blood in their eyes. They're they're struggling for an advantage. They're trying to outmaneuver one another. They backed themselves into a hut in the rear. Is storage space for earthenware. You've got to do something, Captain Lawrence. Only one man can ever come out of that shack alive. Look! Herbert Graves runs away. Runs for jungle. Shall I go after him, Captain? No, no, he won't get spot on that jungle alone. Well, it sounds as though the fight is over. I can't make myself look. If anything's happened a dozen, I'll be the one to blame. Someone's coming out now. Who is it? I, I can't tell. He's so battered, it's impossible. I the Paris right. It's Tarzan. In just a moment, a preview of our next story. Long has Africa been a pawn in the game of international warfare. Because it is rich in gold and diamonds and ivory, nations have fought to acquire colonies there. How much greater is the threat to the peace of the dark continent when a new source of wealth and power is discovered in the heart of the jungle? War and tyranny and suffering hang like a great foreboding cloud in our next story, Jungle Legacy. Tarzan, a transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Lesser. This is a Commodore production. to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media.
the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time. Transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Jungle Legacy. On August 6th, 1945, the most destructive bomb ever created was dropped on the hapless city of Hiroshima, and the atomic era was born. In the years following its dramatic birth, men combed the earth searching for uranium, the energy-producing element of the A-bomb. Those who located the richest deposits of this new gold would perhaps control the world. And no one was more aware of this fact than the sallow-faced bearded man who sat in a subterranean office in Addis Ababa, ten degrees north of the equator in Africa. Come in. Good afternoon, comrade Karasov. Quiet, you fool. Do you not know that the use of names is prohibited? But down here, hundreds of feet below the street, surely... It is a matter of discipline. No one can hear us down here, but if you get in the habit of addressing me as Karasov, and I get in the habit of addressing you as Zabet, we may slip when we are not in a safe place. I am sorry, Mr. K. You will let the matter pass without an official reprimand this time, Mr. Z. Thank you. And now you have an assignment for me. Yes. We must find a plentiful supply of uranium at once. But where can we go in Africa? The Belgium Congo is the richest uranium field in the world. But we cannot go there. There are sections of the African continent that have little or no international police. You will find uranium in some quarter where we can work undisturbed. You will be supplies to everything you need. Make a list. I can tell you right now. I shall need photographic plate equipment, ultraviolet lumps manufactured for the purpose, Geiger counters with the most powerful Geiger-Muller tubes available, and everything that makes up a large safari. The latter will not be necessary. We have an excellent plane at your disposal. We will travel by air. We have done some preliminary work. You will head first for the mountain country of the Marba people. But that's where Tarzan is. I have tangled with him twice already, several years ago. And I am not going to get mixed up with him again. I am not going there. You are an engineer. You know the jungle. And you have been selected for the job. You are not being asked to go, Mr. C. You are being ordered. Mapeka. Always at your service, Buena. You will accompany Mr. B and the pilot. Mapeka is a native of Mava. If you are forced to land, you will act as an intermediary for Mr. C. We will have no trouble. No trouble, Buena. Look. You can sometimes detect the presence of radioactive ores from the air, but you have to go into the jungle on foot with a crew if you find it. And that means Tarzan and plenty of trouble. Your job is to find uranium, Mr. C. I shall be responsible after that. When we take our crew into the jungle, we will be accompanied by a troop of secret police. This Tarzan you speak of will not be the first man our police have liquidated. <laughs> It was Tarzan's way to divide his time between the jungle stronghold of the ape tribe who had raised him, his seacoast cabin, and the villages of the many native tribes who were his friends. As lord of the jungle, he settled many disputes, gave advice, served his ebon-skinned brothers in many ways. Now, as Zavet's plane headed for the mountain country, 
Tarzan faced a troubled youth in the crawl of the Marwa people. <laughs> Never before have I seen such a sad face, Anduta. Surely your worries cannot measure up to your expression. Anduta have heavy trouble. Want to take Kara as Maki. You want to take Kara as your wife? Well, there should be no great problem there. Have you gone to her maternal uncle to make the arrangements? That is great trouble. Anduta go to Majomba of Kara. Tell him Anduta love Kara. Kara love Anduta. Want marriage. Majomba make marriage price. Sit in a gombe. Six head of cattle? Hmm. Well, that's ridiculous. The established marriage fee for Marwa women is but two head of cattle. I don't know what's behind this, Anduta, but I shall go to the maternal uncle of Kara and speak with him. Santa Tarzan. Go quickly, for Anduta has heavy heart. I shall see him at once. And then I shall return here and tell you what... What wrong? I heard something strange. Quick, hide! He's great devil bird! It is an airplane of the white men. The Tamangani comes again to our jungle. I fear that our worries shall not long be confined to those of the heart. In just a moment, we shall return to our story of Tarzan. In the plane that circled over the Marwa district, Zabet listened to the Geiger counter with disgust. Although they had flown back and forth over endless miles of wild terrain, the instrument had failed to indicate the presence of any radioactive material. To return to Addis Ababa with a report of failure meant disgrace, or perhaps worse. And yet to keep searching was dangerous. The gas supply was growing exceedingly short. So was Anton Zavet's temper. The drone of that infernal motor is driving me crazy. Maybe we land. Below is village Mawa people. There is no safe place to land near here. And anyway, we've got to find uranium. How we know when we find. If we come close to a spot where it exists, this instrument should begin to click. The richer the deposit, the more clicks. Pilot. Yes, Mr. Zane. Turn north toward the rocky ridge beyond the native village. Well, there's not much gas. I said go north. Right. All this land of Mawa, from here to Buona Mlima, big mountain. Quiet. Is Kaga coming? Yes. We found it. Mark this spot on the map, Mateka. Those big black rocks. Medio. Listen to those clicks. Unless I miss my guess, we found the richest load in the whole Congo. Pilot, turn back. Head for Addis Ababa. Well, Anduda, perhaps my fears of the Tamangani were groundless. White men, turn back. I guess there's little here to interest them. This is pretty barren country. Come, lead me to the Hema of Kara's maternal uncle. Hema of Kara's Majomba, right ahead. Uh, is Hima with round roof? I will meet you at the edge of the river when Goro the moon has risen. And don't worry, Anduta. I'm sure I can persuade Kara's uncle to accept two head of cattle for her hand. Who approaches Hima, of chief? It's Tarzan. Jumbo, Tarzan. Jumbo, great chief. I come to make talk. Speak, Lord of Jungle. You are uncle of the girl, Kara? Kara, daughter, my sister. Kara's father, chief, before me. And Kara is of marriageable age? Not he. Then why do you not encourage her marriage to Anduta? He's a fine young man who works hard and is pleasant to look upon. It is true. 
I not tell him no. I tell him price of marriage. You know he cannot pay six head of cattle. Why do you set the price so high? Two head of cattle has long been sufficient to pay as a marriage bonus for a woman of Mawa. Kara, daughter of old chief who is dead. I know, she but... She important Mawa Namki. Chief have no sons. Kara now owns property. Property? In Maji Maji War, white men and black men make peace treaty. Black men of Marwa tribe get land from narrow, fast water to big mountain. Yes, I know that treaty. Tribe divide land. Kara's father get from Northridge Kral to sign of three stones. Now belong Kara. A fine legacy, a strip of alkaline soil that will grow neither plantains nor kaffir corn and a huge pile of worthless black rocks. And this property is to keep her from marrying the man she loves? Kara, property owner, important woman, price is Sita, Magombe. Six-head cattle. Law not change, even for Tarzan. Soon Tarzan come, Kara. Then we can marry Anduta? Big Buana fix everything. We go see Tarzan Majamba. Tell me, meet him here. Anduta? Yes? You know it, not Kara put price of six cattle? Anduta, no. Kara would marry Anduta without any wedding price. Hello, Anduta. Kara. Jumbo. Doesn't bring good news? Oh, I'm afraid not. I guess you'll just have to work for another few years until you can pay the six head of cattle that is demanded. Oh, Anduta. Not right, Kara. Anduta, work hard. In few years, No. Please. I can't let a thing like this happen. Anduta, go back to the village and get what things you require for a trip. You and I will travel. We will work, and we will bring back the price of happiness. That night, Tarzan and the young Anduta left the Mawa country. Together, they would earn enough so that Anduta could buy his bride according to the customs of the tribe and the stipulations of its chief. But Tarzan and his black brother had traveled but a few days' march to the north when a mighty safari approached the Mawa country from the east bringing with it a threat to Anduta's marriage and to the peace of Tarzan's jungle. How much farther, Zavet? You used my name. You told me that we weren't to... Uh, we are beyond the ears of civilization. We are not beyond the ears of Tarzan. And if there's one man he hates, it's Anton Zavet. I am not interested in your fears. Only in uranium. Mapika! Mapika! Yes... Yes, Buona. I had to call twice for you. Mapika was at head of safari. Excuses. You and this miserable Zabet. Headquarters of the office. Mapika came soon as could. Ah. How far are we to the great black rocks you mark on the map? Black rocks just ahead. Have the caravan stopped then. We will make camp here. As you say, Buona. Fox! Master order us make camp! Zabet! Unload your testing equipment and set up your laboratory. You will get to work at once. As you say. Mapika, order a few of the bearers to take picks and spades and secure the samples that Zabat needs. Well, why do you stand there? Buana, master. Well? Be best make peace with Mawa tribe before start dig. Mawa have many brave warriors. We touch their land, they start war. I have given instructions for my police to guard those who do the digging. The first Mawa native who tries to interfere in any way is to be shot. Tarzan, 
Marisol, we struck it. Not so much excitement, Sabet. We must not forget our dignity, even in the jungle. We are fulfilling a sacred mission. Yes, yes. Well, what did you find? It is uraninite, the richest crystal form of pitch blend you can find. Uraninite crystal form? I don't know of such things. Tell me straight out. According to my calculations, the crystal should run close to 80% uranium oxide. So, and the amount of it? Limitless. We'll control the world. The men are building a fortress to protect our discovery. And we... Why don't I hear the picks and the shovels at work? I ordered the workers to stop. You ordered? The chief of the Marwas was attracted by the sound of digging. He came to investigate. Why was he not shot, as I ordered? Because I know the jungle and its people better than you do. Shoot the chief and you'll have a thousand natives here by nightfall. Two thousand, maybe. I have a better plan. So? Go ahead. The chief claims this land belongs to a young girl of the tribe. Her name is Kara. All right, I see your point. So we'll give her a few strings of beads and buy the land. She is not allowed to sell it. When she marries, the land goes to her husband. And from him to their children. I suppose we wait and buy it from the children? <laughs> no. I think we will have no difficulty cooperating with the husband I have selected. She shall marry our faithful guide, Mapika. I will arrange the entire matter. Well, I pulled it off. In another few minutes, Kara and Mapika will be married. It's about time. Two weeks now we've held up our work. It was wise. Now we will have no trouble. The girl doesn't look very happy about the ceremony. She will do as her uncle has instructed. He has been paid gold and 20 head of cattle. My Mapika, of course. more, Marriage is ready? Marriage ready. I perform ceremony here. Advance, Mapika. Mapika here, chief. Ready for marriage. Mapika, when you leave tribe for... White man, city, you live on the cloud. But now you come back, pay debts, have much money, pay many head cattle for bride. Mawas take you back as son. Santa, great chief. Advance, Kara. No, no. Kara not marry Mapika. Kara promised one of Anduta. Anduta leave tribe. Maybe not come back. Mapika pay marriage price. Kara must take him for Mumi. No, no, not take Mapika as husband. Anduta comes. Jungle drums tail. Anduta approach with Tarzan. With Tarzan? With Tarzan, stop wedding. He not let Kara marry man she not love. Did you give that Tarzan? Are your men ready? They're all here. Then have them watch in all directions. If you want to get back to civilization with the uranium, you'd better have your men shoot as soon as Tarzan comes out of those woods. <laughs> In just a moment, we shall learn the fate of Tarzan as he enters the village. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Tarzan and Anduta approached the village of the Mawa people slowly, for their pace was set by six head of cattle, which they plodded impatiently along the tangled path. Suddenly they stopped. Their ears informed them that some manner of ceremony was in progress. 
and their sensitive noses proclaimed that the Tarmangani were near. You stay here and protect the cattle, Anduta. I shall find out the meaning of the ceremony in the presence of the white men. Careful, Tarzan. Sometimes white men much dangerous. Well, go ahead with the ceremony. It would be better to get it over with before Tarzan arrives. Think better. We wait now. Yes, please wait. Let Tarzan decide what right. It's law of Mawa. I have paid marriage price. Color is mine. Begin ceremony. Hmm. You speak true, Mapika. Tara, the wedding price paid. You must take Mapika as Mumi. We begin wedding. Three by the gate of the village. That is Tarzan. Yes, yes. All right, men. Ready? Aim. Fire. Tarzan, dead at last. I never thought I would live to hear him drop from a tree. I have to hand it to your police, Tarzan. Make sure you stay, men. Go and bring him back. We'll bring him back, all right. What time will he drop? It was like hitting a clay. An arrow. An arrow right to the heart of one of your men. Tarzan is not dead. It was a trick. One of the oldest tricks of the jungle, Mr. Zavet. With only a heavy limb of a tree you had fall. He's on the other side of the village now. Shoot again. It will do you no good. I've learned to move quickly, and I'm forced to protect my life with my arrows. An arrow shall answer every bullet of a white man. Go ahead, Tarzan. Give the order before he kills us all. I do not expect my men to fire up shadows and trees. This whole idea of the marriage in order to secure the property was ridiculous. Then... We will withdraw to our camp. You are letting Tarzan scare us away? We will guard the camp and the mine. We will make a virtual fortress in the jungle. If we are to fight this Tarzan, it will not be on his terms, but ours. Quiet, Mabika. I shall draw this noose tighter about your throat. Mopika, be quiet. Tarzan, not killed. I kill only in self-defense, but for you to cry out, my life would be in danger. What are the white men searching for among those great black rocks? Search for a thing they call uranium. Uranium? So that's the reason they bring their secret police. Make big bombs from uranium. Soon rule the world. I shudder to think of a world ruled by Zavet and his kind. I promise you they will not take their death-making materials from here. But rocks belong Mopika. Has paid wedding price to Uncle of Kara. So, this is the result of Kara's legacy. Mapika, you are a traitor to your people, but still I shall let you go. Santa Bona. I shall let you go so that you can return to those black rocks and the low animals that trawl there. Tell Zavet and the others that I shall give them until nightfall to leave. Your marriage price will be returned to you, Mapika, and you may leave with them. And if you are not gone by the time Goro the moon rises in the heaven, the entire jungle will fall upon you and the others. comes and white men not leave Tarzan. I know, Anduta. And their presence here threatens not only the people of Marwa, but those of the entire civilized world. What we do? It would be foolish of me to attempt to battle them single-handed. Marwa warriors help Tarzan. Even the men of Marwa would be too small a force against them. I shall speak to the chief and explain things. The voice of the jungle drums must speak, and thousands of warriors from other tribes must join us in our siege on the fortress of the Black Rocks. (laughs) 
dawn had broken, the warriors of a dozen savage tribes had joined the Marwas in their battle against the men who would control the world. Guns sounded and natives died. Arrows and spears and long kisus were hurled at the barricade that had been built about the Black Rocks. Many of the secret police were impaled on the crude weapons of the savages, but fear made them renew their defense, and Tarzan and his men fell back. They're, they're gone? Ah, they have withdrawn to their village to care for their sick and bury their dead, but they will be back. We have to escape. We are not leaving the uranium. We will battle to the last man. There is nothing we can do. For every native that drops, there are two who come from a distant tribe. They're still pouring in. Numbers do not always decide battles. Remember the use of the A-bomb. But we haven't got an atomic bomb. You have your laboratory equipment, and you have uranium. Okay, the work. That is impossible. Who are you to give orders to one tons of it? I have no equipment for the manufacture of an atomic bomb. You will do something at once, or you will be liquidated now. Well, perhaps I can make some sort of a crude bomb. But I cannot tell what it will do to them or to us. Enough talk. Make a bomb. We do not have to level a great city. All we have to do is to destroy a small native village and its people. Night fell again, and in the village of the Marwas, the native warriors, led by Tarzan, prepared for a fresh assault on the fortress of the Black Rocks. But inside the fortress, all was quiet. The secret police awaiting orders, and Karasov was waiting for the bomb he had commanded Zavet to make. Zavet was still inside his makeshift laboratory, and Mapika was at his side. Finish now, Bona? Yes, this little bomb should erase all of Mr. Karasov's problems. You take to him? Uh, no. I think I shall let you have the honor, Mapika. After all, this bomb is meant to protect the property that is rightfully yours. I take bomb to Buana. How it work? Just before it is thrown, this lever here should be pushed all the way down. Do you understand? Nadio, is atomic bomb? Not quite. But it will produce some radiation when it explodes. I think it will do the job for which I have designed it. Here. Carry it carefully. <laughs> Where you go? Oh, I'll be around. <laughs> I'll be around. If our men make so much noise, the Tamanganis will be warned of our coming. Almost to Black Rocks now. Tamanganis not shoot thunderstick. They're probably waiting until we get to the edge of the clearing. Slowly, men. At that now, Tarzan. Wait. What? Mapika and their big one are alone at the entrance to their boma. And the soldiers all behind them. What can that mean? And Dutta not have eyes like Tarzan. What they do? The Tarmangani has something in his hand. He's seen us. He's moving some sort of a lever on the... Badman, all dead? Look. There's the body of Mapika. All charred and disfigured. Like one visited by demons. And there's their leader's body. And their Ascari, their policeman. But no trace of Zavet. Look, Tarzan. Of the white man climbing mountain. Far off. Ah, Zavet. We go after him? No, no. He stands little chance in the jungle alone. And we have much to do here, Anduta. Remember, there's a wedding ceremony that we must prepare for. Oh!
shall return with a word about our next story of Tarzan in just a moment. Africa is more than a collection of exotic cities and jungles and wild animals. It is a state of mind, and sometimes the mind takes strange forms when it is twisted by the crime of the equatorial cities, forged by the heat and the dangers of Africa's teeming jungles. Tarzan is a prey of one of the strangest minds of all in our next story, Jungle Orchids. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Jungle Orchids. Everything about Edwina Clark formed a strange contradiction. Her name and her fair skin proclaimed her to be English. And yet she had the almond eyes of the high cheekbones of the Orient. Her face had a classic beauty, unlined and extremely youthful. But her hair was silver gray. And her serene manner, her apparent gentleness, was perhaps the strangest contradiction of all. When one took into consideration the great bullwhip which seldom left her hand. Edwina's shop, like the others in the flower bazaar of Ekorata, consisted of crude stalls. But behind hers, 
was a magnificent modern greenhouse in which she spent most of her waking hours. My poor sweet darling. You look so ill. You speak to me, Moana? I spoke to this poor ailing orchid plant. My heart weeps to see it die. It most beautiful orchid, but was half dead when native bring from jungle. I know. Have you ever seen anything so incredibly lovely, Uga? Uga, take to the other side of greenhouse where it get more light. No, I don't want you to touch it. Put it back. You clumsy, stupid fool. You've dropped my lovely orchid. You've killed it. No, Moana. No use whip. Please, Moana. No. 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 Far from the flower bazaar of Ekarata... Torgo, the small native boy, wandered among the flowers of the jungle. He'd been warned against straying from the village of his people, but it was spring, and the fascination of nature had been too great. He was deep in a wooded glen that overflowed with brightly-hued aristea, leucodendron, acacia, and orchids, when the rumble of heavy hooves and the trumpeting of elephants brought sudden terror to his heart. when I grab this vine and swing up into the trees. Yes. Oh, just in time. Torgo had bow and arrows, so not afraid. Torgo, you have to learn that with or without your bow and arrows, you must not come into the jungle alone. But Tarzan say elephants is friends. Yes. Yes, it is true. I, I have made friends among the elephants, but when they are hunting for something, they are blind to everything except that for which they seek. Elephants look for water? No, no, there's a great deal of water in the mountain country at this time of year. I, I think they have a craving for salt. They require it for their great bodies. Can't they look for a chumvee? That's right. There are several licks near here, though the elephants' trips in past years have greatly reduced the amount of chumvee to be found in this area. When elephants find licks, they'd be good. <laughs> That's right. Give a man or a beast what he hunts for, and he'll be good. But as long as a search is on, either one is dangerous. Torgo come into woods search for flowers. <laughs> oh, they are beautiful. Particularly those, those great orchids over there. The ones with the orange center. Well, Torgo, if you have to hunt for something, I guess flowers are best. Elephants searching for salt almost killed you. Tarmangani searching for gold or oil or uranium have often threatened my life. Hunting for flowers is good, eh, Torsen? Mean flowers are used as gifts to those who are sick or to someone whose beauty you admire. One cannot imagine anyone who searches for beautiful flowers having an ugly heart. Tarzan like people who search for flowers. <laughs> well, so far, no one has ever brought a safari into the jungle for flowers. But if one should come... They'd win my respect and trust for them. We'll return to our story of jungle orchids in just a moment. Attached to the greenhouse of Edwina Clark's flower mart was her office. Like its owner, it too was a strange contradiction. The walls were of teak wood inlaid with mother of pearl, but English hunting prints adorned the wall. Somehow, though, the place suited Edwina. Her visitor did not seem so much at home. I just dropped in to tell you, Edwina, that this latest victim of your whip is in very bad shape. He had it coming. He, uh, he tried to steal a, a valuable book from my office. Nonsense. I have known Uga for years. Wouldn't touch anything that doesn't belong to him. He probably bruised a leaf of one of your precious plants. Yes, that's true, Bertie, but don't be hard on me. You know what I'm like when someone injures a flower. It's as though I saw someone torturing a child. I want to kill them. 
You're lucky you haven't killed someone already. You'll be in a bad way if Uga decides to go to the elephant about this. Oh, for heaven's sake. You know Uga's word would never be taken against mine in the court. No, a native hasn't much chance. Well, I thought you should know about the boy's condition. I've got to buzz off now. Now, don't be angry with me, Bertie. Stay long enough to drink a gin and tonic and smoke a hookah. Honestly, Edwina, I sometimes think you make a fetish of strange combinations. Gin and tonic and a hookah. It's like combining caviar and kippers or snails with corned beef and cabbage. Am I any less of a strange combination? You're not the only product of a roving Englishman and a harem beauty. And we're all unhappy. We belong to neither one group nor the other. I thought you were happy. In Africa. But why do you stay here? Because it's the one place where your ancestry or your past isn't questioned. And, of course, I have my orchids. Ah, yes, the orchids. But I think I'll forego the drink, Edwina. But uh, while I'm here, you might tell me about that new species, the huge orchid with the orange center. I don't know its name. It has no name. It's completely unknown. A black brought the plant from the jungle, and then he disappeared. But now that lone plant I had is dead. Ah, too bad. If you could have supplied me with orchids of that variety, we could have made a fortune in foreign markets. I've never seen an orchid of such beauty or size. How much could I make if I were able to supply you with orchids like that? No, the field's limitless, Edwina. Millions, maybe. Millions? With that amount of money, I could go anywhere. Edwina Clark would be accepted. Beauty's not enough. My mother found that out. Now, Edwina, there's no use getting off on that tack again. After I all... I live in Paris, London, any place. The beautiful, wealthy Edwina Clark, discoverer of the rare and costly Edwina orchid. Edwina, there's no use making dreams about a species you probably couldn't find even if you went into the jungle, and which you wouldn't have a chance of bringing back to civilization in proper condition to sell. I'll find them. I'll bring them back. And I'll make that fortune. Nothing will stop me. Several weeks later, the strangest safari ever to invade Tarzan's jungle hacked its way through the almost impenetrable forest. Almost a dozen bearers cut a wide path for a huge ox-drawn van. But despite the size and the impressiveness of the house on wheels, the members of the safari were on foot. One glimpse of the gentle-looking Edwina was enough to allay Tarzan's usual suspicions of the Tarmangani. The heat of the jungle had done nothing to disturb her carefully groomed appearance. And she smiled sweetly and caressed each jungle blossom that crossed her path. You seem to like flowers. What? Oh, you scared me half to death. I'm sorry. I purposely made a little noise as I jumped from the tree. I, I guess the sound of the chopping... You must be Tarzan. Yes, I am. How do you know of me? It's a strange story. But my name is Edwina Clark. I have a stall on the flower bazaar in Bicorata. I have been to Bicorata, but we did not meet. Had I encountered anyone as beautiful as you, I would not have forgotten. Thank you. No, we did not meet. But recently, a native came from the jungle with a rare orchid plant. He said the Tarzan had suggested its sale as a means of raising money. Oh, yes, that was Anduta. <laughs> I was helping him make enough to buy six head of cattle from the price of a bride he desired. So you are the one who purchased the great orchid with the orange heart. I paid him for it, and then I, uh, I started to ask questions. About me? About the orchid. But as soon as the money was in his hands, he disappeared into the jungle. I've come a long way to find orchids like that, then. So far, I've had no luck. I can lead you to them. What a wonderful coincidence. Meeting you. <laughs> the, the coincidence does not stop there. It was scarcely a moon ago that I told Torgo, he's a small native boy who was my friend, 
that if a miracle came to pass and a hunter came to search for flowers, I would lend every assistance. How wonderful of you. The fact that the one I am to help is both beautiful and gentle makes the task a most pleasant one. Edwina, the longer I remain in your camp, the more unusual I find you. In what way? Oh, in every way. That, that whip with which you hope to defend yourself against jungle animals. Coming here with only native bearers and the scary, and this fantastic van with doors built like a vault and no sleeping accommodations. Come here. What's that? It's a compressor. It makes ice. The ice goes in these spaces over here. And once the road is cut, I can take orchids back to Becerata quickly in his van. Hmm. That's more important than sleeping accommodation. But that, that small compressor won't make very much ice. Enough. The outside of the van is heavy metal. The inside is cork. An excellent insulator. And we have a large supply of rock salt to help keep the ice. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'm afraid, though, Edwina, your men will never be able to get this clumsy van to the valley where the orchids you want grow in large numbers. I have to, Tarzan. I have to get it through. Well, if it's that important, we'll manage. But not with manpower. What then? You'll see. The safari pushed slowly ahead as Tarzan left it to speed in another direction through the upper level of jungle growth. He traveled half that night and far into the next day. And at last he reached the land of an elephant herd he had known when he was a boy, unaware of other humans. Now he climbed to the top of a great rock and gave the cry that was known to every denizen of the jungle. <sighs> Catch a slight scent of the elephant, yet they do not come. Perhaps they've forgotten me. Remember Tarzan, don't you, old friend? Ah, you still like to have your trunk tickled, don't you? I made no mistake in coming here. Some young bulls passed me on the way to the salt licks, but they had no time for me. Kneel down. I'll whisper something in your ear. That's the boy. Now then, I want you to help me do a favor for a beautiful lady. Well, I'm afraid you don't understand that, but perhaps I can accomplish my mission if I'm on your back. I'll get up on that limb and... <laughs> Next time you're going to grab me in your truck and haul me to your back, I wish you'd let me know. <laughs> well, maybe you did understand about the beautiful lady. Let's go, Tantor. Manipala, why have we stopped? Men, stop chopping. Talk to small native boy who comes. Well, please ask him to keep the safari moving. We can't be sure Tarzan will, will come back with help. Small boy, look for Tarzan. I'll talk to the boy. You tell the men to go ahead with their chopping. Nadio. Anza, Machi. Minda upesi, Moana. Dogototo. Nadio, headmen tell me, come to you, Moana. I hear you were looking for Tarzan. Me horrible friend of Tarzan. Well, then we should be friends, for he is a friend of mine. You look like a very nice boy. You look very beautiful lady. Ah. What are you doing? Tarzan say give flower to one who's beautiful. I get pretty flower here. 
Now I'd give it to beautiful Milana. You, you've torn it out by the roots. What you do? You killed it. You killed the flower. No, Juana. Did not use whip on boys. No, no. I cannot miss you with an axe stroke. No, no, not her toy go. No, 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 no. Run for, no. run for life. We'll be back in just a moment with the exciting conclusion of Jungle Orchids. Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Perched high on the back of Tantor, the elephant advanced rapidly toward the Punya country. His eyes searched the district, for his intention was to find the trail of Edwina Clark's safari. Suddenly, Tarzan's sensitive nostrils quivered. The stick he was using as an anchor to guide the elephant bid the great beast stop. And in one quick movement, the lord of the jungle slid to the ground. Torgo, what has happened to you? You're bleeding. Why did Rana beat Torgo with whip? Those are not the marks of a whip. Our marks of thorns. Beautiful lady, try hit Torgo. Torgo, run away. Watch in front. Run into thorns. Torgo, I don't know what you've been up to or why you've invented this fantastic story, but you are hurt. I'll I'll take you to Mama Nagama, huh? Torgo, not your life. I've told you not to come into the jungle alone. It's clear that you disobeyed me and that you've made up this story to divert me. But blaming your injuries on the Moana is not very gallant of you. It's truth. Well, I I shall take you to your village. And then I shall find out what really happened at the safari of Edwina Clark. You are Manyapara, headman of safari? Navijo, Buana. Then you can tell me what happened to the small native boy who just staggered from your camp. No native boy here. He must have been here. No native boy here. You're lying. He spoke of a beautiful white Buana. He did not make that up. Please, speak, Buana. Not make poor black men tell... Me talk, feel whip of Moana. You are afraid of a slender, gentle woman, one who has come to the jungle to search for flowers? That's ridiculous. 
Well, I can get the truth from her. Where is she? In Hema, beside the van that make court. She say he's conjoint. She's sick? So that's why you've the temerity to tell lies about her. I'll see if there's anything I can do for her. We shall settle this later, Manyapara. One o'clock. Edwina, it is Tarzan. May I enter your Hema? Come in. Oh, you are sick. Let me feel your brow. Mm, there's no sign of fever. Perhaps it is nothing. Maybe in the morning. I'll feel quite well again. Oh, the fever that remains within the body is sometimes the most dangerous. Your life may be at stake. My life is meaningless unless I can find what I came for. The green orchid. Well, I, I have brought an elephant to help clear the path. I left it at a little distance from here so I would not alarm the porters and bearers, but I do not advise going on. I must help him. Please help me. You didn't promise me. Yes, I did, but my promise wavered for a moment when I heard a strange story from Torgo, a small native boy who was in your camp. A darling child. I tried to get him to remain with the safari, but he became shy and ran off. He says you attempted to strike him with your whip. Oh. Well, oh. You were in pain? My heart. Oh, you should return to Bakurata, where there are doctors, but... Well, if you will not, Santor and I will help you bring the great band to the valley where the orchid grows. <laughs> Dawn found the safari drawing close to the fertile valley where the rare orchids grew in great abundance. Tantor the elephant plunged ahead, cutting a wide path through which the van and its precious ice-making machine moved easily. Near Tantor, guiding him, walked Tarzan, and beside the lord of the jungle walked a miraculously recovered Edwina. Bye, Tantor. Close your eyes, Edwina. What? Close your eyes and take my hand. All right. There. When we round this great rock... You will be in the valley of the Edwina Orchids. Now, open your eyes, Edwina. My orchids? A whole valley of my orchids? Oh, Tarzan, is a dream of a lifetime come true. Oh, it gives me great happiness. Bust, Thundor! Stop, I told you! Stop! That great clumsy beast has stepped on one of my orchids. Oh, there are many of them, sure. Edwina, what are you doing? I'll show that ungainly, stupid animal why. No, don't use your whip on that, are you? You made a mistake, Tantor. Good boy. Good boy. Gentle now. Quiet. There, now, now stay here. Don't move. I'm sorry. I saw him crush one of my orchids and I... I guess I lost my head. You are lucky you did not strike him. He would have killed you. Even now you may be in danger at any moment. I'm sure he sensed your intention and an elephant is famous for its memory. I didn't know what I was doing. Now I believe Torgo's story and the fright of your bearers and the Manyapara of the safari. Where are the bearers and the headman called? They fled. They saw you about to strike Tantor, and they feared that he would kill everyone within sight. I doubt that they will return. And I suppose you will leave me now, too. I shall keep my promise. The van is now filled with ice? Yes, it's like the North Pole inside. I shall help you gather the orchids and carry them into the van. And then Tantor and I will take the van and you as far as the Punya country. There you may be able to engage new quarters to accompany you to Bekurata. But I warn you, do not attempt to use that whip again. Edwina Clark was still beautiful. But for Tarzan, she had lost all beauty because of the cruelty he had found in her. However, he had made a promise... And as the day wore on, he worked hard, gathering orchids in his great hands and carrying them within the house on wheels. Oh. Oh, it's like the mountaintops in there. The ice is keeping better than I thought it would. The rock salt helps. I'm closing it tightly each time. Did you slide the bar? <laughs> yes, I slid the bar. It isn't strange that the ice remains firm. Even Tantor couldn't escape from that box. Well, another few loads and the van will be filled. 
I guess I'll go to the other side of the church. There's some here, right by the big rock. All right, I'll help you pick these, and then if we haven't enough, I'll get those on the other side. All right, here's one right here. I almost stepped on it. You didn't step on it. You crushed it beneath your clumsy feet. I didn't step on the flower. I might have crushed the leaf, but I'd win it. You're like all the rest. You don't love flowers. I hope that break down. I told you if you had a... Now then. I think this whip has bitten into the flesh of enough victims of your insanity. You broke my whip. If I had not dug my nails into my hands in order to control myself, I might not have stopped at breaking that whip. I'm sorry. I never mean to hurt anyone, but... I will hear no more false talk about your being sorry. I shall put this orchid, which is perfectly unharmed, within the van, and then we shall leave this valley. It, it's not full yet. I'm sorely tempted to empty it. He did crush it. He crushed a flower. These beautiful flowers here. How anyone who loves flowers can be as you are, Edwina. Well, you shall not return here. Not as long as I am lord of the jungle. Not return here? I thought at first that you were... <laughs> I shall return, Tarzan. I shall return many times after you have frozen to death. You won't escape from that van. You won't. You'll freeze to death. You will. You will. Hours passed and Tarzan gradually lost consciousness. Edwina stood looking at the van, staring at it like one hypnotized. Tentor had wandered off, attracted by the scent of others of his kind. Now he joined the elephants who had been to the almost exhausted salt licks and returned with their craving for salt still unsatisfied. Suddenly they caught the acrid scent of the pure rock salt. It sent strong even though it was inside a van of metal. They charged on the box, beat against it with their mammoth trunks and great hooves until it broke into a thousand pieces. The young bulls fell upon the rock salt, but the trunk of an old elephant reached in and grasped an almost frozen body before it could be smashed beneath the mighty earth. Tarzan awoke later, his body warmed by the equatorial sun. Oh. Edwina? Uh, over here, dying. What happened? The van. You elephants. They, they crushed the van. And me saved you. You know there is little I can do for you now. Only... Only one thing. Bury me there at the entrance to the valley. And place in my hand one perfect orchid. An Edwina orchid. In just a moment, the word about our next story of Tarzan. Kasanya Railway is a puny affair compared to the great railroads of civilized countries. It runs on narrow-gauge tracks, its engines are antiquated, and it passes through no great cities as it winds north from Africa's Gold Coast. But it carries millions of dollars of gold bullion, a temptation to those who dream of wealth and are willing to brave the terrors of the jungle in order to achieve it. 
Tourism, a transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Gold Coast Robbery. Nungo had been running for days. His great ebon body was bathed with sweat. His legs ached and his breath came in great tearing sobs. But he could not rest even for a moment. Terror drove him on, and only the hope that Tarzan was in his seacoast cabin gave him the courage to go on. And now at last he had reached the cabin's clearing. He was near exhaustion, but fear provided the strength with which to summon the lord of the jungle. Nungo! Come in here. Let me help you. Save Nungo from police. The police? Here, catch your breath, Nungo. And tell me what this is all about. Not much time. Stay close behind. Here, sit down. Drink this, will you? Santa. Now then. Police. Come into the village of Nungo's people. Arrest six, eight warriors. Try. Try. Arrest Nungo. Nungo, run. Then chase. What crime are you and the others accused of? Not tell us. Just come into the village with thunder sticks. Take warriors from him. This police. Tarzan saved Nungo. Good evening. Who are you? What do you want? I am Abdul El Kitin, and this is Ben Hasib, my deputy. We represent the police, and we track the native here. Who are you? I am Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Ah, the great protector of his black brothers. <laughs> well, you will gain nothing by lying, Tarzan. We know the native is here. I did not plan to lie. He is here. Come in. There's no good scoundrel keeping crouching in the corner. Ah, he does well to crouch in fear. Not you, Sundestick, Onungo. We have no intention of shooting you, not after having followed you for hundreds of miles. Get to your feet. Just one moment, El Kaven. What? A man is entitled to know what crime he's accused of before being arrested. Ah. Nungo and several others of his tribe are accused of robbing the Kasanya Railway. 
Robbing the Gold Coast train? Three nights ago, they piled heavy lumber and rocks on the track. The engineer was forced to stop. When he did, the blacks overpowered him. Over a million dollars worth of gold bullion was stolen. And what proof have you that the men of Nungo's tribe were involved? The proof will be established in the police court at Porto Chibir. There is no government court at Porto Chibir. Do not put words into my mouth. I did not mention a government court. Then what court convenes there? The Casania Railway, as you know well, traverses the distance from the Gold Coast to Port Said. Thus, it passes through the possessions of several different countries. But the right-of-way is under the control of the railroad itself. We operate the trains, we patrol the land, we maintain our own police, and we conduct our own courts. It is this court that Nongo and his fellows will face. It sounds like a very impartial court. Our power is great. Tarzan, I warn you against any interference. You warn me? Every indication points to the fact that the natives who robbed the gold shipment have been directed by someone of superior intelligence. I would not require too much prodding to arrest you also. After a short message, we shall return to our story. The Cassania Railway, for all its precious cargo of gold, is a puny affair. Its narrow-gauge tracks wander almost aimlessly across jungle and desert. Its engines are antiquated, and the crew of its trains consist only of the engineer. Now the engineer, who had been bound and gagged a few days before, faced the friendly court at Porto Chebir. Now then, engineer, uh, do you recognize any of the men who overpowered you? I... I can't be sure. Take your time. Look the prisoners over carefully. May I remind the court that part of the gold has already been recovered from the hut of the native who calls himself Nungo, and that he attempted escape when we arrested the others? I am quite capable of conducting this trial, El Kafin. Now then, engineer, does Nungo resemble any of the men who held up the train? Yes, perhaps he does. Governor, may I address the court? Cousin. State your business, man of the jungle. A few days ago, El Kafin chased Nungo to my cabin. Then he brought him back here for trial, and Nungo has now been in your jail for many days. Yes? Anyone could have placed part of the stolen gold shipment in his hut during that period. Your whole case hinges on the engineer's identification of Nungo and the others, and he has already said that he could not be sure whether they were the same natives who held up the shipment or not. And what is your connection with the case? The head of your police, El Kafin, threatened to arrest me. Although he thought better of his threat, he indicated that the natives who held up the gold shipment had a leader and that I was suspected. Uh, more than just suspected, thousand more. I will call on you when I wish your testimony, El Capin. Go ahead, Tarzan. I admit freely that these suspects whom you have lined up here like defenseless cattle awaiting slaughter are my friends. I am their leader in a sense, for I am lord of the jungle. But neither they nor I have ever had any hand in robbery. I think I can prove that. But this is ridiculous, Your Honor. I have the evidence. I caught the thieves, and justice should be administered without further delay. There's no question of their guilt. There is some question, El Kefin. How do you propose to prove their innocence, Tarzan? 
through the use of the letter truth pellets. Well, I've heard of this native test, but I do not understand it. The use of the truth pellets is known to only a few. I learned it from a native medicine man who was wise in the ways of men. Well, it might be worth a try. I object strenuously to the use of these truth pellets. Part of some native superstition Tarzan learned from a witch doctor with a ring in his nose. It so happens, Alcafin, that the learned Mutangala, from whom I learned the secret of the truth pellets, did not wear a ring through his nose. He belonged to a people who affect an eight-inch length of bone through the septum of their noses. It did not affect his sense of justice. Well, say, Tarzan, uh, proceed with the truth test. The courtroom was tense as the prisoners lined up before the bar of justice to take the truth test of the jungle. Long had they known this infallible test devised by some wise medicine man, yet none understood it. They fidgeted nervously while two court attendants restrained El Kafin as he raged at the presiding justice. Why should I take the test? I am not on trial. You are the accuser. Is it any less important that you tell the truth? I am the police. And I refuse to take this primitive test. Abdul El Kafin. Until now, I have always regarded you as a man with a future. But should you refuse to cooperate with this court, I can promise you that your future will not be bright. Well, uh, all right. I'll take the test, but I won't abide by any ridiculous findings Tarzan claims to determine for me. This is not to be considered judgment of the case, but I am most anxious to see how this test works. Proceed, Tarzan. Thank you. Now then, uh, all of you open your mouths. The pellets, Guanete, Macalia, Niato, Uzongo, Ruenja, Dungo, the engineer, and uh, El Kefin. Thank you. The uh, pellets that are in your mouths now are, are small. They will not interfere with your answers. Well, that's simple so far. Go ahead with the questions. Nungo, you were away from home on the night when the train was robbed. Where were you? Nungo and other men accused hunt for wild beasts. Your hunting trip took you near the tracks of the Kasania Railway? Deal. We follow spoor of wild beast herd. Go near tracks. Ruenja, did you or the others drop some rocks or some heavy timber on the tracks? See you, doesn't. Ruinja not go near tracks, not drop anything. Engineer, are you sure you did not stop the train of your own accord? Why should I do that? For a share in a gold shipment, you might have been tempted. Honestly, I've told the truth all along. The tracks were piled high with rocks and heavy timbers. I had to stop. I had just put on the brakes when the natives swarmed all over them. And Elkafen and his Ascari arrived only a few minutes later? Uh, that's right. Elkafen, how did you happen to be near the village of Momades, almost 80 miles from Porto Chibir? My deputies and I were following up another case. One concerning a minor sabotage to our tracks. Sabotage? Yes. Some of the people around there must have stolen some rail spikes to use as... Well, I don't know what they intended to use them for, but... You were examining the track from which they were stolen, huh? Naturally. And yet, you didn't happen to see the spot where the rocks and the lumber were piled high enough to stop a train? We... We were traveling in the other direction. I see. Uh, would you all open your mouths now? Uh, thank you. I shall collect the leather pellets. Ah. Well, what do the little pellets tell you, Tarzan? They reveal that those I did not question were prepared to tell nothing false, and that the truth was spoken by all those I did question, save one. And uh, the one who lied, according to your test? Your chief of police, Abdul El Kafin. What's he trying to get away with? This is ridiculous. He comes into a court of law with his native rubbish and tries to accuse the head of the police of lying. I'll... You'll do nothing that is not sanctioned by the court. Attendants, return the natives to their cells until I've reached a decision. El Kafin, you are free to go about your duties, but be where I can reach you. I have business in that camel market. I shall be at the livery stable of the old man of the great beard. I know where it is. Tarzan, I wish to speak to you in my office. 
And not at all convinced of the miracle of your truth test. Oh, come, come, Tarzan. I permitted you to try the test in my courtroom. Surely I'm entitled to know in what manner the pellets proved that El Cafin was lying. Well, you see, when one is nervous, uh, upset, worried, the saliva glands of the mouth fail to function. Yes? Those with a clear conscience reacted normally throughout my questioning. The mouth of him who lied was parched and dry. All of the other pellets were wet. El Cafin's was bone dry. Mm, a remarkable piece of psychology. Still, it can hardly be accepted as proof that... Tarzan, watch out! That knife barely missed my throat. Yeah, someone threw it in the window. But there's no use going after him now. He rode a fleet young camel. The knife has a note attached to it. It must have been embedded in that wall several inches. Oh. You read Swahili? A little. Mm. It's a warning to you, Tarzan. A warning that a cuser will slit my throat if I continue to meddle in this case. Your native friends, this is their language. Yes, it is in the dialect of their tribe, yet few of them write. Still, it outlaws the possibility that El Cafin may be involved. You know, the Swahili language in this note is almost perfect. It contains only one arrow. One error? It says that a knife will end my days. Only the Swahili word for knife is kisu. The word for knife used in the note is kusa, a word of the Arabic language. <laughs> I have done as you told me, Tarzan. I have issued a bulletin stating that I have adjudged the natives guilty that they will be sentenced shortly. Good. But uh, what will it accomplish? It will make bold the real thieves. El Cafin, perhaps, are those he attempts to shield. But by this time, they've already escaped with the gold shipment. There is an old custom in the case of a lost coin. You throw another into the air. Where it lands, you find the first coin. I have heard of the superstition. It sometimes leads to the loss of the second coin. And sometimes to its recovery. Have faith in me. Make another shipment in your usual fashion. Take no pains to broadcast its departure, but make no effort to hide the fact from those who are ordinarily aware of the shipments. All right, it's a good idea. Uh, this time, we'll have a troop of soldiers on the train. Oh, no, that, that would defeat my purpose. Those who learned of the shipment would also learn of the presence of soldiers. But I can't send another shipment unguarded. Tarzan will guard it. I will slip aboard as the train goes through the jungle. Not even the engineer will be aware of my presence. You intend to guard the shipment without help? Oh, you need have no fear. Although the engineer will be unaware of my presence, anyone who attempts to rob the train will be keenly aware that Tarzan guards the treasure of the Gold Coast and the reputation of his friends. In just a moment, we will return with the exciting conclusion of Gold Coast Robbery. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. train passed from the jungle to the sandy plains of the Libyan desert. Tarzan sprang from a narrow trestle to the roof of a boxcar. 
He had crouched there but a short time when a horde of savage natives jumped from the backs of fleet camels and swarmed onto the train, overpowered the engineer, and brought the train to a stop. Others smashed in the doors, protecting the gold. Still others battled savagely with Tarzan. Their numbers were too great, and he fell beneath their blows. He awoke later to the sound of Arab voices. Oh... Snap the handcuffs on the Nasrani. He won't make such a good impression when he returns to Port Shabir this time. So, I'll keep him. Do not try to escape, Tarzan. I would be well within my rights as a police officer were I to kill a thief running from the scene of his crime. My crime? It is too bad your native accomplices made their getaway with the gold. But I think great credit will be ours for having captured the leader of the treacherous natives. Time, Your Honor. You have the power to sentence Tarzan without further preliminary. We are not in the courtroom, El Kefen, and Tarzan is not on trial yet. Thank you, Your Honor. You need give me no thanks. I intend to mete out the punishment due you after we have recovered the gold you and your followers have stolen, and after I've gathered the testimony I need. Now, where's the engineer of the train? Here I am, sir. Now, what is the complete story this time? It's just as I told El Kefen. I was keeping my eyes on the track ahead, afraid they might have built a blockade like they did last time. Yes. Suddenly I heard camels coming at full gallop. They were the fastest camels I ever saw. Not like the old timers in the marketplace here. Well, they overtook the train before I knew what was happening. And the thieves bound you and knocked you over the head? That's right. But you retained consciousness uh, long enough to determine that they were natives and not Arabs, as Tarzan has led us to believe. Oh, they were natives, all right. And Tarzan was with them? Well, I can't say he was with them, but I can swear he was there. I caught a fleeting glimpse of him just before I lost consciousness. So? Of course I was there, Your Honor. You knew I planned to be aboard. Yes, you duped me very successfully. Or perhaps I fooled myself with all the talk about Arabs being responsible. I overlooked the previous testimony of the engineer concerning your natives. Even your famous truth parents did not accuse him of lying. Uh, it was lucky we arrived at the scene of the robbery before Tarzan regained consciousness and escaped. Shall we take him to a cell? My court attendants are quite capable. Tarzan in handcuffs does not frighten me. The rest of you are excused. I'll remain here until Tarzan is behind bars. I said you were excused, El Kefen. Uh, all right. All right, only I think you're taking a chance. Your Honor, do you really believe that I am the leader of the thieves? Would they have knocked me over the head and left me? They might have run off when the police came, and uh, you could have been struck by an overhanging tree. A tree higher than the boxcar in the desert? Well... And uh, you choose to believe that El Kefin just happened along after the robbery once again? Uh, I believe little that El Kefin says, but the head of the police is not without influence. Oh, if I were free, maybe I could still unravel this mystery. Black men who ride camels like Arabs, fleet young camels such as are unknown here, all of it. I would appear to be in a bad light were I to release you. However, were you to strike me on the jaw and make your escape... <laughs> oh, no, I, I couldn't bring myself to hit you. Well, it needn't be too hard. Just hard enough to leave a convincing mark. And you better scramble things in my desk a bit. You would hardly be expected to know that my bunch of keys is in the center partition of the top drawer. <laughs> Why you help Nungo escape, not let others out, Tarzan? I may need help, but if all of you were gone, the alarm would be sounded within minutes. You may not be missed right away, and it may be some time until anyone goes into the office of the justice. Where we go now? Oh, this is the marketplace we're approaching. Quick, into this doorway. Danny? Oh, we're in luck, Nungo. 
This is the store of a dealer in used clothing. Don't go not know what Tarzan put your shoulder to this door. Now. Close the door and go. Ah. An Arab robe and a burnoose. I'll put them both on. And then I defy anyone to recognize Tarzan. Nungo dressed like Arab, too? No, no, I, I think the impersonation would be difficult for you, Nungo. Oh, here we are. His uniform of Senegalese soldier. Yes, I think you will look most handsome in the tasseled fez. We shall have to return these garments later, Nungo, but first we shall visit the camel livery belonging to the old man of the gray beard, where El Kafin said he had business to attend to. Perhaps we may learn the nature of that business. <laughs> Few people were abroad in the streets as Nungo and Tarzan skirted the marketplace. And those who did pass paid little attention to the soldier of Senegal and tall, stoop-shouldered Arab. They went unchallenged as they passed the flower bazaar, the shop of a brazier, and the stall of a dye merchant. Next to this last shop, where citizens of Porto Chebir could bring fabrics they wished dyed, was the camel livery of the old man of the gray beard. The building was sprawling and dilapidated, and the grizzled Arab who sat on a rickety stool near its entrance seemed to match the age and condition of the stable. You desire something, child of Allah? This humble servant of Mohammed and his friend, a noble soldier of Senegal, desire to engage two fleet young camels. Alas, sir, camels are all more than 40 years of age, and they travel surely, but without fleet. Ah, you're lying. You save the young camels for others. I insist on examining the animals for myself. By you, I speak the truth, but you can examine them. They are all like the poor beast here. Weak of limb and gray of hair. Mm, it is true. Now that my eyes grow accustomed to this weak light, I can see from here that all your animals are gray with age. Like the owner of this poor stable who is seldom here but remains at home suffering from age and infirmities. I had hoped to find strong young camels. Are there other camels within the city? Alas, no. This humble servant of Allah is sorry if he offers sadness. You are disappointed, brother? Yeah, more than you can guess. I uh, bid you goodbye. We will seek elsewhere. Oh, if only we had found young camels there, we might have had the first link in our chain of evidence. Where we go now? I don't know. This defeats every thought I had. Well, let's sneak around behind the stable. Perhaps we cannot go this way. Huh? Close passageway from dye shop to stable block path. A connection between a dye shop and a stable? Nungo, you hit on it. Nungo not hit anything. Nungo. We are not the only ones who are capable of assuming disguises. A clever dye merchant could supply the pigments for giving young camels gray hair and for transforming Arabs into Negroes. Can't see anything here? Nothing but harnesses and bridles. Oh, wait, under this pile of straw. Bracelets, rings, breechcloths of natives. We're on the right trail, all right. Nungo, you look around under that huge pile of leaves and shrubs with which they feed the camels. I'm going to sneak up front to one of the stalls. Careful, Tyson. I have to know if I'm right about the camels, whether their gray hair is put there by the hand of man. There they are, poking through the things in the saddle room. They are the ones who ask about young camels. At them, men. They mustn't escape. Nungo, put your back to mine. Then no one can sneak behind us. Nungo has back to Tyson. Now. A fight until death. Tyson, kill him. Kill him. Back to back 
back Tarzan and Nundle back at the onrushing horde of Savage Alley, who fought to protect their secret and their stolen gold. Unused to the Roby War, Tarzan fought with great difficulty. Arabs went down, but two took the place of each man would fall in. Stiletto thin cuses glided through the air. Sharp scimitars descended like the blaze of a guillotine. Nungo went down, wounded. A glancing blow made Tarzan's right arm useless. He fought hard, his knife held in his left hand, but the odds were too great. Until suddenly natives of Nungo's tribe, led by the justice of the court, filled the stable and joined the fight. They fought savagely until the last of El Caven's men was dead. You... you came just in time, Your Honor. I, uh... I've been worrying about you, but I knew I could not trust El Caven and his police, so I was forced to recruit the prisoners. You did well to trust them. The evidence is here. I'm sure you will find that the camels, despite their gray hair, are young. And that the owner of this establishment, the old man of the gray beard, was none other than El Caven. And that the Negroes who robbed the gold were his men in disguise. Look, Buana. Black dye behind ears of dead Arab. It's true. They were no cleaner about their bodies than about their minds. But the gold. I think you may find that beneath the pile of leaves and shrubs. Or when shall find gold beneath pile of food for camels? Well, that ties up all the loose ends, Tarzan. And believe me, you deserve great credit. For all your appearance as that of a jungle man, you have all the attributes of a man who has both education and culture. <laughs> Tarzan, what in the world was that savage cry you made? It was the victory cry of the victorious bull ape. And it was made by a man you think both educated and cultured. In just a moment, we shall return with a word about our next story of Tarzan. Long has man searched for the secret of eternal life. He has crossed continents searching for fountains of youth. He has begged savage medicine men as well as educated pathologists to produce an elixir to stem the advance of age. And each time man has felt this goal within his grasp, he's been willing to kill to achieve eternal life. Our next story will be Life or Death. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Excelsior!